From one islander to another, Isle of Wight Radio proudly presents John Hannam Meets. Delighted, really delighted to welcome back to my show, Laura Michelle Kelly. Great to see you. It's so lovely to see you, John. It's like seeing an old friend. (laughs) I must just say, very quickly, congratulations, because I understand... (laughs) You just got married. I did. His name's Sean, and he's in Seattle, and I just moved there, and we met when I was on tour with The King and I. Um, the, the production that Bartlettshire brought to London, it was on tour around America before it came here, and, um, and that's how I met him. I was there six days, and the first moment I met him, we were inseparable. Were you? Yeah. I love that movie, Sleepless in Seattle. I, I love it. Yeah, it's great. That's I didn't I could never have imagined ending up there in Seattle, but I have to say it's made me fall in love with the grey weather. It's called the Emerald City, and coming back here, I, I appreciate the weather so much more. It's very similar to Seattle. Laura, this takes me back to the first time I came to London to interview you, which was at the Ordwich when yeah. you were in Whistle Down the Wind. 20 years ago. Yes. I can't believe it. And I, I've told you this before. I came on the underground and on the underground were all was your face <laughs> everywhere. I and I came up out of the underground and your face was on a bus. I know. And I thought, my God, she's made it. Isn't that crazy? That, that, was, a, that was a real beginning for me. People always wondered, you know, who's this girl? And they didn't realise, you know, it was that I was only 17 and this is my first ever break. The reason you're back in Great Britain is you've got a show at the Cadogan Hall, which is London, on February 24th. I do. I'm so excited. It's my first time back in England even for the last eight years. I was in um, a play, Second Mrs. Tanqueray, at the Rose, not too long ago, but that was brief. But other than that, this is the first time I've been back uh, in a very long time, so I'm excited. And you're going to sing and dance, or what are you going to do? Uh, I'm singing a lot, not dancing. <laughs> I often don't want to dance uh, unless I can really help it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm doing favourite songs from different shows that I've been part of, and uh, songs that have changed my life or uh, connected to a story or two wonderful and of course it's early start 6 30 it is so anyone from the Isle of Wight can come up and make yes, it yes <laughs> we've just worked that one out haven't we yes <laughs> yeah it's a it's an 80 minute long uh, set so we have 40 minutes of songs 10 minutes break and then 40 minutes of more songs so it's a really it's a big deal uh, for one woman show to be that long um, so I'm excited it's gonna we're gonna go on a journey you've got a couple of really clever guys producing it I think haven't you I do yeah we have a, a producer who also did Dear Evan Hansen uh, from in America and here and we have we have a couple of great people they've they've done really great artists at Cadogan Hall uh, through Club Eleven, but also through, you know, relationships that have been grown over a while. They'd had a very successful time with Shoshana Bean. And, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of grown from there. They've, they're just doing Cheetah Rivera this weekend and big names, you know. So I'm, I'm honoured that they asked me to join them. So living in America then? Yeah, I didn't anticipate when Cameron offered me Mary Poppins on Broadway, finally. Getting over there to, to do that was the beginning of the rest of my life. Uh, there was just opportunities that just popped up one after the other and doors just opened and 
Um, I never quite made it back. <laughs> uh, not that I minded. I, I would love to come back and work here again. And I'm um, excited that they're opening Mary Poppins back up, up yes. over here. So you never know in the future. Maybe they'll be interested in having me back in that. So who in the family are in America then? Well, my dad moved and married the most amazing woman. Um, 15 years they've been married. Uh, that was totally unexpected after our mum passed away. He met the second love of his life, and so he was in Louisiana. And my two brothers moved over. One met his wife, and of course, I moved around the same time. So, we've all been we've been living in New Orleans for the last few years. Because Nathaniel obviously played Oliver in the West End, didn't he? he? Did. <laughs> yeah, he's having a great life. He works for a church over there. He's a youth pastor. Is he? Yeah. And what about Joram? Because he was sort of flirting he's, with the business in a way, wasn't he, early he's on? He's actually, they both are really great musicians. And Joram and Athanor, they still write songs. And Joram specifically wants to get into the music industry as well. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Finding Neverland, that was a, a recent production you did. That was on Broadway? Yeah. Um, Finding Neverland was an original show. We started in Boston, Cambridge, Boston. And uh, we did four different versions of it. It was written by Elliot Kennedy and Gary Barlow. Mm. Um, and, and it still hasn't made it over here yet. I hope it does. Everyone really loves the music and the story's really great. You know, it leaves people uh, really moved. I think it would do really well here. Would you consider, if it was offered, would you consider? Of course con- I would. I wouldn't want anyone else to do it but me. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the process, and I know that there's more to come out of that role, that I could do more with it. Um, you know, I wasn't, I'm not done yet with that one. Because you've done lots of shows. You did Fiddler on uh, Broadway, didn't you? I did, yeah. Yeah, that was my first show I did in, in um, America. And then I came back to do Mary Poppins when it first started over here. Yeah. Is there a lot of difference, Laura, between sort of working on Broadway and working in the West End? Is it a lot different or not really? I think they are very different. It, it, but really what what the issue with audiences is, the difference is, is the demographic of how many children are in the audience or how many tourists who can't understand the language. And that's, you know, the, the languages in America and London are very similar. You have lots of tourists and you have, you know, different types of response based on the demographic of how many British people are in the audience or how many Americans. Because Americans tend to be more responsive and English people save it for the end. They're very polite. Um, that's probably the biggest difference. Uh, but, but with concert work, the, the audience is different too because, you know, you have a different crowd and people are taught in concerts to make more noise. So I'm expected a loud crowd on Sunday. I want to go back to the Isle of Wight just for a little while, sort of memories, because the first time I ever saw you was probably in a Christmas carol in Notre Dame. That was my beginning. Yes. What memories of the island still in your mind these days, really? Well, when you say the Isle of Wight, I always think of my upbringing on a farm, um, biking up and down that long road where all of my family my mum's side of the family lived um they're very special memories living there so being around nature always reminds me um of home especially as you get older I think you reminisce a lot more as you get older and I find who I am when I'm near water Mm. having moved from the farm to the beach side and I think of beautiful memories like that but also I think of Barbara Walters who taught me to sing um uh, she really changed my life, and because of her, I was able to get the big break that I ever did 
in Beauty and the Beast because she mm. got she get she trained me to get those top notes. You've been an inspiration to so many young people because no drama school, nothing like that. I love the story of you just queued up, didn't you, outside a theatre? I do like that I get to say it's not impossible to kids who probably think it is or get told, you know, you have to have X, Y, Z in the bank in order to afford stage school. I think I hope that I can be an example to kids who maybe feel that they live too far away. How can that dream ever happen? Or, um, you know, in the middle of nowhere or can't, haven't got the money for school or um, don't know where to begin. Because I, I hope that that would encourage kids to start anywhere and go for it and show up and you never know what happens you know I, my experience has always been on stage but that's also because of the great people who helped us in theatre when I was really young you know who put all the shows on David Redston and Tony you know the team that put on all of our shows you know they really they built the stage they wrote the sets they wrote the scores they did all the rehearsing They're like hours and hours they poured into us and um, because of them, my life is what it is. I was given the head start. We talked about Whistle Down the Wind. What do you think was your real big breakthrough? There's was been it... many, hasn't there? Yeah, like, there has. So well, even well... doing my first musical, it was uh, Viva, and it was Magic of the Musicals, and singing, oh, it's horrible being in love when you're eight and a half, to my brother. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, you know, the, the fact that I said, can I be in it, after seeing Nathaniel play Tiny Tim, and, and it went from there, really. So I would say, and you know, funnily enough, I saw Cameron McIntosh just yesterday. Uh, we'd literally bumped into each other, and um, which is in, isn't that a crazy thing that that it happened? It is, yeah. And I got to thank him for my second big break, because the first one was, you know, trusting me with Eponine, then My Fair Lady, then Mary Poppins. But the second big break, I would say, was after a couple of years off, I was thinking about quitting the business. It's hard sometimes, you know, and I didn't know what else I'd do. And uh, he asked me out of the blue to play Mary Poppins in New York. And I didn't want to do that because I was really scared of doing that. The idea of recreating something that I'd done really well. I didn't want to spoil that. I didn't want to ruin, you know, what if they don't think I'm so good now? You know, it was five years later and I knew that that job nearly killed me. It was so hard. Yeah. But then, you know, when I went to do it, I realized I was a bit older, but I was so much wiser and I paced myself and I knew how to eat properly and healthily. And it was such a ball. I stayed as long as I could, 18 <laughs> months. Of course, you won an Olivier for the show in Britain, didn't you? I did. I always remember we came down to Bristol to see the show one day, um, quite a few from the island, and something broke, I think, and we, you couldn't put the show on. So oh, no. That was, uh, did I come and see you outside? Yes. There was a mechanical problem, I know. When coaches used to come up from the Isle of Wight to your shows, you'd come out and see them off on the coach. I always tried to. I, I would, and I do that now. Like I, I know how far you come, and it means a lot to me. That's and it means more to me. You know, doing a, a one-woman show, they're not showing up to see me in a character or everyone else in it. They're coming. They've really shown support of me by doing that, and that that always means so much. I can't even put into words how grateful I am when people have flown or, or travelled all of the states to come and see me in a show. That's an amazing thing. It's a gift when people do that. 
you did my fair lady in, in England, in London, where we are today, and the Queen came, didn't she? She did, yeah. It was a really magical moment. We were running across the stage at the end of the performance. The audience had caught wind that she was watching because it wasn't an official visit. We had to try and beat the crowd, and Anthony Andrews yelled, don't forget, it's your Royal Highness to him <laughs> and your Majesty to her. And I was like, what? <laughs> it's your Royal Highness and it's your Majesty to her. And I was like, okay. And I, I was so relieved I got the, your Majesty right <laughs> that I said hiya to her husband, <laughs> like very inappropriately. <laughs> and, of course, in the States, you, you uh, went to the White House, didn't you, President Obama? Yeah, twice. Did you meet him? I did, yeah. He's a lovely man. And uh, I got my picture with him, and my godmother is not an Obama supporter, so she <laughs> hides that photo behind the TV. Um, but, yeah, I, I met the Obamas a few times. Uh, Michelle Obama invited me to do, as part of a gala, uh, Eliza and my fair lady at Kennedy Center after that. Uh, Obama was supposed to be there, but there was some bomb went off somewhere, and he uh. had to go and do it. But we had a, a wonderful time. The second time was in the White House was Finding Neverland. We were there to represent the show and uh, performed inside the White House, which was really special. It was a live performance of our show, our song. Did you do a selfie with them or not? <laughs> yeah, not a selfie. No. no. Apparently, you're not allowed to post any pictures of you and him or them oh, right. anywhere. You people do but you're not supposed to. But I do have a photo of me with them. Yeah, it was a really great... And, you know, funnily enough, the first time I met him, Dick Van Dyke was also in the line. Was he? Singing Step in Time, because we were, we were representing Mary Poppins at the time. It was pretty cool. Heidi, hi! Hello, listeners. You are listening to John Hannam Meets. Currently, I'm at the Electric Airwave Studio in London with the lovely Laura Michelle Kelly. I want to talk about the the storm inside, which surprised a lot of people because it was a, a brilliant album. And you'd written a lot of the songs, didn't you? I had written more songs that, than made it to the album. They, they weren't quite ready yet. I made, So we ended up with just three of my own songs on there. But we covered a lot of things like Keen, Somewhere Only We Know, which I heard someone else copying my version. Did you? But it, I couldn't judge them for doing that because I copied <laughs> Keen's song. So um, I forgave them. Uh, no, it's, you know, they, I wish I could get hold of the orchestrations from that because I would love to do that, Those all those songs with a 60-piece orchestra. That would wow. be amazing. Sweeney Todd was a sort of a, a taster for you as a movie, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to open all those film doors, you know, but it didn't. But it was a great privilege to be part of. And um, I did get asked to do some horror movies after doing that, <laughs> which I turned down. Maybe I should have done that because <laughs> my character in Sweeney Todd was pretty ugly. Now, Matthew Bond from the Sunday Mail, right? Yeah. You did another movie. He said... Kelly sings beautifully and has the good fortune to look as good on the big screen as she does on the West End stage. She lights up every scene she appears in, which is most of them. Oh, you know, that wait, was, who was that? That was a guy called Matthew Bond in the Sunday Mail. That was That's for the goddess. nice. Yeah. Matthew Bond. Because um, I've got the movie I brought the cover up to show you today to, for you to sign it, but I enjoyed that movie. You know, I never felt it made it over here. It came out in Australia, but I never really got to celebrate it being out in England. And uh, so I saw, I often don't imagine people having seen it because it was an Australian-based movie. And I never really had a big release over here. So 
Thank you for watching it. Your character was a bit of a sensation on the internet, yes? Yeah. Yeah. Before, just I think as, you know, cameras in computers were happening, it wasn't quite the thing yet. So that was quite fun. Ronan Keating, of course, was in it, wasn't he? Yeah. He was a lovely guy to act with. He was very respectful. Good do actor. Know, do you know what he said about you? What did he say? Go on, I'll tell you. Laura Michelle Kelly is one of the best singers I've ever worked with. She has a brilliant and stunning voice. Did you oh, know that? No, I didn't know yeah. that. Did you interview him? No, but that was um, a, a quote that he gave. That's you know. nice. Yeah. Yeah, I've been really lucky to the people I've got to work with. Have you sort of exceeded your wildest dreams? Because when you were queuing up for Beauty and the Beast... What was your sort of real dream at that stage? What did you hope to achieve? You know, I did, all I hoped to achieve was to do a really fun show. And I think I'm still exactly the same. I just really want to do something really exciting and really fun. I don't think anything will ever beat my first ever show that I was part of. Even though I was Marie the Baguette's Hurry Up. I wasn't, you know, the lead. But I just, everything about Beauty and the Beast just... It, nothing will beat that excitement of watching that. I didn't even know what it looked like having auditioned for it. I hadn't even seen it yet. And they, when they gave me a free ticket, I was amazed. And when they took me backstage, I was amazed. I was like just in awe of what all these people were doing on a much bigger scale than what I was used to. And um, I think on the other hand, I was a bit cocky and I thought I could cope with anything. I thought I knew everything. I was a bit precocious, I think. I'm certainly not that way anymore. I, I I am humbled by how little I know sometimes um, or yet to still learn. And that's a good thing. I think it keeps you growing, keeps you wanting to do something new. But now my only stipulation is whatever I do, it's got to be exciting. Is there one thing you'd like to do? or I'd like to do more movies or more TV. I think that might open doors for me in the future. You know, I see Judy Dench and Helen Mirren as as uh, examples to follow that perhaps my greater days could be in ahead of me rather than behind me and I, I am going to always celebrate though that this the 20s and my 30s in a way that I know that I was really lucky to have had all the opportunities I've had I've also experienced a lot of hard graft in times of feeling alone and the journey I do like to talk about that because I think some people look at a resume or a CV and they think oh look how you know favored she was she's never had to have a hard time but the job and the life of an actor you have really really high highs and you have really really low lows and you have to ride the wave you have to because otherwise you quit you have to just trust that there's something else around the corner stay true to yourself and even if you're not in work to be the light to someone is everything you just got to keep being a light because that's really what acting is I think it's drawing a, a focus on something positive, even if, if you're in a show where you have to play someone who's depressed. You're showing people that they're not alone. You're showing that they are normal. They have a voice too. It's like you're speaking for the voiceless. And that's so, you know, it's important for me to keep doing what I'm doing because I, I know that there's too many people out there that need representing in the world and need to know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel you mentioned judy dench she sent you a, a message once um, when Did you she? were in the show yeah 
What did she say? You probably have a better memory than I do. <laughs> no, when you were in My Fair Lady, I think she sent a message round to you. She probably did. Uh, <laughs> you just reminded me. Well, the, the only thing I remembered about her is I, well, the first time I met her was like being really embarrassing and um, kind of falling over my tongue and not making any sense. And someone pulled me away because <laughs> I was just in awe. Felt like I had to be highly interesting and it didn't turn out right. Are you starstruck by people still or not really? Not really. Like I made friends with um, Sean Penn at a party randomly when we were doing the gala for My Fair Lady. He was there talking about humanitarian things also at the time in Washington DC and he invited me to sing at his place with his um, colleague who's like a jazz musician and we were just gonna all sing around the fire and um, turned out he invited all his famous friends and I, I had no idea how big a deal it was going to be and there was a lot of big names there and I thought how interesting that I'm in this room I don't know what it's about I try to treat people as peers and equals without having a big head. You know, just um, talk to people like that. Because if they're famous, they just want to be normal. Like, treated like normal. Not feel like a, you know, an idol. They want to just be themselves, usually. I know you've had one or two sad moments in your life. And you've, you're a strong Christian. That's obviously helped you considerably, hasn't it, really? Yeah, it has. Yeah. I think... You know, everyone has a different thing they go to when life's tough. I honestly don't know where I would be without having that belief that, that, you know, we all have a destiny and a purpose and it's for good and it's not for harm, even if at the time it's things are going bad, <laughs> that there's a hope and a future and that um, something beautiful can come out of something terrible. Uh, that all comes from my faith and really, when I turned 17 and I did I did something called an alpha course, which was for a chance for a bunch of strangers to sit in a room and talk about why they think they're here. And uh, the Christian guy in the room would say, well, this is why I think we're here. And he'd floor us all with his answer. And, and I just kept going back every Wednesday to find out more. And it turned into my faith. It turned into a beginning of um, my conversations with God, which are mine you know you know people have very different experiences of religion but I never really had an experience of religion in that I've, I've experienced it with people religious people but my my relationship I would always call it a relationship with God not a religion for me it's like a, a conversation and I think that's why you know if it's true no one can take that from you thankfully <laughs> Tell us about the new show, a bit more about the new show then. The new so. show, filled with all my favourite songs, really. Well, not all of them, so it would be all night. But a lot of great <laughs> songs. Uh, two friends of mine, Savannah Stevens and Kirsty Malpass, are going to join me for a couple of songs. Are they? Yeah, songs I haven't done before, too, so I have to start working on them soon because the show's in, like, two and a half weeks. <laughs> um, and so two really fun songs. I, I would say I would hope people would leave feeling like it was a positive experience because that's always what I want to bring. And I'll probably do a lot more of these concerts. I wouldn't mind coming down to the Isle of Wight to do a concert. That sounds really good. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. I wouldn't mind. It'd be a lot of fun. Be a lot of people there too. I'll Do you think you. they'd come? Certainly they would. I'm sure a few are going to come up to London to see you on the 24th of February. Maybe the band I bring here can be my band on the Isle of Wight. Yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so 
It's remarkable, really. I mean, I'm an Isle of Wight person, and just to see you come through, and, and there's something about the Isle of Wight, when our people do well, everybody sort of celebrates, which is nice, well, that isn't is it? nice. I hope so. I hope they don't think that I've, you know, lost touch with my roots, because I haven't. I, I really love um, where I came from. I love the nature that we were surrounded with, and um, I was very, very lucky to have my mother's family all around me growing up, and that definitely had a huge impact on who I was today. I would like to just thank you personally, because as you know, sadly, my wife died in 2006, but you were around at that time, and your lovely dad, and we we had a a hug and a prayer, and I've never forgotten that, because that helped me considerably, and uh, I just wanted to publicly thank you for that, really. John, I know, it's sad when we lose people, but it's a real um, joy to consider that maybe there's somewhere greater than here that they've gone to be a part of and it doesn't help sometimes when you're we're left behind but um I'm glad that you let us share with you and that happened we love you you're a very lovable person John oh thank you <laughs> I'm gonna blush in a minute <laughs> <laughs> so dream was we've talked about a dream but you just want to keep working don't you Laura I do really? I just want, well first of all I got married so being yes. married to the love of my life uh, <laughs> is amazing and I want babies and so we're working on oh, that oh well and um, being married is a, a beautiful thing I've only been a, a missus for last week and a half and he's waiting for me back in Seattle. So I'm excited to go back. I'm, I'm glad I had this time, though, in London to adjust. Because, to, you know, eight years away is a really long time. You, you forget which side of the road to look first. So you almost get run over. <laughs> yes. The money, like, everything looks cheap. But then you remember that the money's uh, different here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, getting to publicize the show before the big day is really fun and it reminds me of where I've come from and I I need that like I needed I've had a lot of great chats with people asking me about my career it's helping me form what kind of show I want to make and I just know that when people come they're going to experience something fun (laughs) which is really all I want to do is bring people fun now John is it true you're going to be a granddad who told you that (laughs) (laughs) well congratulations I think it might be a double granddad because my son and his wife are expecting twin boys. It's amazing. <laughs> what a blessing. Oh, there we go. Congratulations. I want to congratulate you on a fantastic career. You've done the Isle of Wight so proud and uh, we followed your success, you know, w- w- with a great buzz really and I wish you luck on February the 24th and I wish your career continued success thanks John I really appreciate it it's been lovely seeing you and lovely talking to you too thank you so much and I'm excited to read the book you wrote about us you're all. in there I know the John Hannam interviews I can't wait thank you for giving me that book you're even on the cover yeah. <laughs> thank you Laura It's great, he's got a swell personality He meets and greets the stars with such amenity Good enough to make you coming out of the street John Hannameets That's right You've been listening to John Hannameets Courtesy of Isle of Wight Radio Don't forget to look at my website johnhannam.com For news of more interviews And how you might purchase my books Thanks for listening Bye bye for now